I want to introduce everyone to this gentleman here, Billy, Billy Hall. Uh, Billy came last week with his family. His family just relocated where his wife, Monica, works at North Point Bible College. Jason works there, too. Gio's hanging out. You're working? Are you working there, too? Good for you. But, Billy, you wanted to share something, so can you, can you tell us what's going on? Yes. Uh, good morning, everybody. Last week I was here for the first time. And I was standing here talking to the assistant pastor and the usher, Bill, and they laid hands on me and prayed for me because I'm blind. I had, during my surgery, I had, I had uh, open-heart surgery, and uh, they did uh, CPR. I mean, they, something happened to my eye, and I went blind, and I can't see. And last week, they prayed for me and laid hands on me, and I can see now. I can see... <laughs> I was blind and now I see. <laughs> but I can see. I can't see perfect yet, but it's coming. It's coming. I can see my hands. I can see his face. I can see the cross. Praise God for the cross. And uh, Lord, he's had a glimmer of light and hope here. He can see, like like in the Bible, that one could see the trees kind of shaky, but but he had to keep going back and keep trusting and believing. Lord, we're we're believing with Billy for a total miracle. Lord, this is a miracle of as as we say biblical proportions. Lord God, bring your healing to him, and we will be glad to proclaim your glory and your miraculous power for all the world to hear about and to know about. Lord, thank. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and continue the healing work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, this is a, an unusual day today, but don't you love it? Esther, you ready for a missions report? All right, you're going to go up there and do it? Sure. Yeah, good. Good morning. So great to be in the house of the Lord. Okay, I have a lot of stuff, so forgive me. (laughs) Am I on? Okay. The first time that I came up here was last month, and I said that we were going to be doing some um, journals, and these are for donations. We have cats. We have dogs. We have closures for, um, what do you call it, for your, like, potato chips and things like that. Um, and just all different size of, of uh, journals. They're here. There's quite a few in the back. And uh, we also have bookmarks that uh, you can give a donation. And, and our suggested donation for bookmarks is 50 cents. And then some of the others have a different pr- different um, target price. Anyway, so I want to get to the real thing, which is Jesus is the real thing. (laughs) And um, Romans uh, 10.15 is my verse for today. Last Sunday it was 
Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2, but this is Romans 10, 15. It's found in the Old Testament, and it's also in the New Testament. I'm going to read it from the New Testament. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And that's in Romans 10, 15. Um, my update for the missionaries, uh, Thierry uh, is headed towards um, Indonesia. He got his full funding. Um, they, the missionaries that, are, that um, head out, that um, associates that are, uh, they go around trying to get funds. And uh, he was able to get his full funding. We had him and Bianca and another lady, um, I can't remember her name, but it's a missions, it's a ministry for um, um, where women come into, it's, um, well, I can't remember what the ministry is, but it is good because it's snatching women out of sex slavery, that type of a ministry. Um, sex trafficking. No, it was another one. Anyway, <laughs> so um, there's a couple of ministries that we support uh, for that. And that is a big, big problem nowadays. Um, and I'm not going to continue there. Bianca has raised 70% of her budget, and she's going to Vienna, Vanu, Vanuatu. Thank you. <laughs> Terry's going to Indonesia. In Indonesia, there's probably less than 5% of the people that are Christian. It's predominantly Muslim and um, all these other strange beliefs. So um, so oh, what I want to do now is just to pray for them. Um, and I just love that testimony. It kind of like shook me. Anyway, um, we're going to pray for our missionaries. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord that you sit on the throne in heaven, Lord, that you know everything that's going on on this earth, Lord. Father, we humbly bow to you, Lord, as our Lord and Savior, and we ask, Lord, that we will be able to continue to send people forth to the world to snatch people from the enemy's camp, Lord. Father, we ask you to protect our missionaries, Lord God, that they would be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, Lord. Father, that they would see what you're seeing and that you feed them, Lord, and you continue to give them vision for what they are to do. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the protection that you've done for them, Lord. Father, I also ask you protection for the persecuted church, Lord God, that that's in that area of the world, Lord God, that that um, that it's just horrible. Father, we, we ask that you would protect the Christians, Lord, and that you would just give them words, Lord, words of life that come from you, Heavenly Father. And Father, we just ask you, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, Lord, to do our part in this ministry, Lord, that we would pray for our missionaries, Lord, that we would continue to give for our missionaries, Heavenly Father, and that you would just continue to protect us as well. And we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. The last thing I forgot to mention, I'm scattered, even though I have notes there, um, faith Promise Givings. If you have not um, signed up for, for uh, Faith Promise Giving, um, there are cards at the back table there, and um, it would be greatly appreciated if you could sign up for that. Thank you. Thank you. So praise the Lord. Uh, this morning we are endeavoring to finish the sermon of last Sunday. So uh, if you were not here last Sunday, we started a series of uh, messages from the epistle, John's first epistle, 1 John. And uh, through the next uh, several weeks and months, we're going to go through 1 John, then 2 John, then 3 John, and uh, see where the Lord takes us with all of that. However, next Sunday, or this week, actually, Pamela and I will be out of town, coming back on Thursday 
So I've asked uh, Reverend Bill Unger to share the word next Sunday, so that, that will be happening next week. So in two weeks, we'll continue on with First John. Everyone got that? Hallelujah. Can we give a warm welcome to uh, Brother Doug and Carolyn Gregan over there, the directors of New Brothers Fellowship? We greet you in the name of Jesus, my brother, in the name of Jesus, doing a great work with the prison population uh, in-house and uh, those that are out as well in their families. So take your Bible, turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. And I'm going to be reading the first four verses as we get going here today. 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, that life was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Father, thank you for a great day already. Hallelujah. But I think we could go home right about now and be pretty full. But anyway, we're going to get into your word. We pray your blessing on this message, Lord. Lord, I know you've put this on my heart, and I pray that you help me to deliver it the way you want, that you would receive glory, you would receive honor, you would be pleased with your people today. And Lord, let everyone that hears, whether in-house or on live stream or later in the week, let everyone that hears the word of God be encouraged, be edified and built up in some way. Let us also be a little bit better prepared for the battle that is before us. So thank you for your word. Bless this time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So we focused on verse number four. That these things we write to you so that your joy may be full. I remember last Sunday I was saying, I want some of that joy. Because sometimes I don't have joy. I have, I have what's called life happens. And when life happens, a lot of times I don't have joy. I have worry or anxiety or whatever. I don't have the joy of the Lord. Shame on me. But I think I speak for all of us. Amen? So verse number four is very important for us. These things are written. We're writing to you that your joy may be full. Here's a quick review of verses one, two, and three in case you missed it or you didn't get a chance to see it on, online during the week. Uh, John is saying that God became, God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Verse number one. This, that which was from before, that, that eternal God was manifested and became flesh and dwelt among us. He says in verse 2, not to go too much into last Sunday's sermon, but we heard it, we saw it, we gazed upon it, we handled it. We know that this is true. In verses th- th- 2 and 3, we, what we've seen, we declare it to you. We proclaim it to you. And we bear witness as this is the truth. And needless to say that the early church, almost all of them were killed for what they believed. They, they saw it. They believed it. They lived it. And John is saying, look, we, we, we're bearing witness to this and we're declaring it to you so that you could have fellowship with us. But then he says in verse 3, but, but truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. So as you have fellowship with us, we have fellowship with God. And so in that setting of this fellowship, your joy will be full. I want some of that. I, I knew this. I knew this before I knew this. What I mean is when I was a, first became a Christian way back in the day when Pam and I would go to church... We had a cer- I had a certain feeling in my spirit. I didn't know what it was. I had asked my pastor, what is this thing, fellowship, you guys are always talking? I didn't even know what fellowship was. He said, it's, you know, when you get together and talk about God and just share your life. I said, that's all? He goes, yeah, that's it. But we do it in the name of the Lord. And, and there was a feeling in my spirit that I'll never forget. It's like the feeling I have right now, as a matter of fact. I had it during worship. Did you have that feeling? 
There was fellowship with each other. We're worshiping God together. And, but our real worship, our real fellowship is with the Father and the Son. Didn't you get that today? I, I, I have that. And that's what he's talking about. We're, these things we're, we've written to you, and, and we're eyewitnesses. We've seen them and held them and gazed upon them and all this stuff. And we, de- we bear witness. We declare them to you that we can have fellowship together. And ultimately, that we can have fellowship with the Father. In that setting, there is joy. Not perfection. Not, uh, not the absence of problems. Because I'll guarantee you, the problems we walked in here with, they're going to be out there when we leave. But we'll be better. We'll be better. We'll be better equipped to deal with the problems. This is God's time to feed our spirit and feed our soul. So as I was thinking about that during the week, I thought about two scriptures, one in the New Testament and one in the Old Testament. New Testament scriptures, Matthew 7, verses uh, 24 to 27. Jesus begins to teach on how to build a house. What he's really saying is how to build a life. He says, a wise man will build his house when he hears the, the sayings of Jesus and obeys them. He'll, he'll build his house based upon uh, the teachings of Jesus. And when the rains come and the floods come and the wind blows and, and they beat down heavy upon that house or upon that life, that life will be able to withstand the pressures of life because their foundation is built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. He says the, the foolish man, on the other hand, he builds his house upon Upon the sand, much like the condo complex down in uh, Surfside, Florida, that, that fell down and killed so many people, tragically. But the, the foolish man will hear the sayings of Jesus and not obey them. They'll go in one ear and out the other, and he'll build his life. And when the rains come and the, the floods and the wind and everything comes, all the pressures of life come upon that house or upon that life, that house or that life will crumble because it's built upon sand and not built upon the rock. And today we see so many lives. I said last week, maybe I watched too much news, but there's so much crazy stuff going on in the world today. People are acting crazy, acting out, doing the weirdest things. But people can't take the stress of life. There's lives being destroyed by worry and troubles and the storms of life are coming, just like Jesus said. And if the house is not built upon the rock, if the house is built upon sandy soil, uh, that house will fall. And great is its fall, Jesus said. The other scripture that came to my mind is Psalm 133, when the psalmist says, Oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that pours down Aaron's head, down to his beard, down his garments, down to the floor. It's like the dew on, the, on Mount Hermon, where the Lord proclaims blessing forevermore. Oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's life and there's hope there. So when I read 1 John 3, and this is not a, a plug for going to church, although it, it could be. I never looked at it that way. But if we want the joy in verse 4, we got to go through verse 3 to get it. And verse 3 says, we're telling you these things so that we can have fellowship together. And ultimately, we can have fellowship with Almighty God, the Father and the Son. And so, so the whole process or the whole, the whole concept of getting together is really special. And thank God we made it through the pandemic. Really? Really? You know, the, the church of Jesus is still standing in spite of the pandemic, in spite of whatever. And thank the Lord for live stream and Zooms. Right, Wayne? Zoom. Who ever heard of Zooms before? I never heard of it until we got into all this. <laughs> but thank the Lord for that, you know. But that's fellowship. We, we fellowship with those Zoom meetings. Tony's down in New Jersey, for goodness sakes. Your sister's on the other one in Tennessee. It's just amazing. There's people all over the place. We're having fellowship. Colorado, Florida. It's amazing what's going on. Puerto Rico, absolutely. We can't forget Puerto Rico. So, so in that setting of fellowship, man, there, there's, it's so important to do that. But it's not, it's not just fellowship. It's not just getting together. It's getting together with God in it. 
I, I know you've probably, like I, I've been together with people and had fellowship where there wasn't God in it. They weren't Christian people, but I was there. We were doing something. It's a whole different feeling. But when you're together with God's people and God's in it, man, it's unmistakable. In that setting is the joy, the, the, the joy, the, the life. So let's clarify, for those of you that missed it, what uh, we're talking about. The definition of joy in this case is a gladness of heart. It's a contentment. It's a sense of well-being. And I used to get all those things by some other means that didn't last very long. <laughs> but now I get them permanently with my relationship, uh, through my relationship with Jesus Christ. Gladness of heart, contentment, and a sense of well-being. As opposed to the absence of joy, which is, as you know, misery and gloom and woe and sorrow and hopelessness, etc. All those things. So we're talking about the joy that comes with the territory. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I really like this message. You know what? This message, if it's not for you, it's for me. I really do like this message. This is an important message. It may be because I have a lot of things that I'm worried about. I don't know, but when I read about the joy could be mine, I kind of rejoice. I kind of like say, okay, Lord, let's get the show on the road. I want some of that. So last week as we concluded, I, I, I gave you a snippet of the conclusion. And now I'm going to give you the whole ball of wax. <laughs> if we have the time. What was that noise? Oh, I thought I, thought I did something up here. Okay. All right, so the joy of believing. The first, the first thing I want to get out of this, and if you missed last week, you should probably listen to it just to get some background. But the first thing to think about is that this joy that we're talking about is available and attainable. It's not pie in the sky. It's not like, oh, they have it and I can't get it and all this stuff. No, we're all equally, believe it or not, we're worthy of getting it. Not by what we've done, by what he's done. That makes us worthy to get what he purchased for us. So in order to understand what I'm talking about, we have to get into doctrinal things today. So there's a greater doctrinal statement in verses 1 through 4 that I think is really crucial that we understand. Otherwise, it's just like trying to do this without, without knowing what Jesus really did. But in Mark 10, verses, uh, verse 45... It, it, Jesus said, the Son of Man has come as a ransom for many. Does that sound like something to you? That, to me, that sounds like he came to do business. Now, you could get into a, the, 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 uh, the, um, the Greek words, the financial business. He came to do business like, you know, with money. He came to buy back that which was stolen, Right? But in another way, he came to do business with the enemy of our soul. He came to, to buy us back and to get the devil off of our back so that we could live for him and get ready for an eternity with him. So, hallelujah, Mark 10, he came as a ransom. So when we read, like in 1 John 1, 2, that this word of life was manifested, and same thing in John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right then and there, man, war was declared. Battle was declared. Jesus came to be a living sacrifice, to give his life. John also says in, in chapter 2, he says that the Son of Man has come. To defeat the works of Satan. Let that sink in. You think Satan's hounding you? You think demons are hounding you? All right. Jesus came to defeat those demons. Jesus came to defeat the work of Satan. When Jesus rose from the dead, he got the victory right then and there. And that victory is reverberating. It will continue to reverberate until we hear the trumpet and he comes back to take us home for eternity. But that victory is ours now. Jesus came as a ransom, gave his life, shed his blood, so that he would buy back what was rightfully his in the first place. We know that through, through Adam, the scripture says, through one man's sin, all have, all have, all have died. And, and so, so we're, we enter into this life under a curse. A curse. The curse is easily understood. What the curse means is that we have no access to God. We're not permitted to go where God is. The curse is 
there's a, there's a, there's a, a block. And Jesus came to become the curse and to defeat the curse so that now the access is wide open. This is good doctrine right here. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God gave him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through him. So Jesus became sin. He became the curse so that that burden is lifted off of us. So when I say, or when John says, this joy is available for you, it's not just some easy thing. This was a major accomplishment. Because without Christ, there's no joy. No lasting joy. And do you ever wonder when Jesus was on the cross? Why did he say, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because he became sin. And the Father's nature could not, could not communicate, could not identify, could not accept the sinful nature of anyone. So in that moment, there was a separation. Jesus descended, but praise God, he ascended or he rose on the third day. And so, yeah, so then John also says in John chapter 1 of the gospel, he says, whoever receives this Jesus, whoever believes it, believes in him, receives him as Lord, as, as deliverer, as healer, Whoever receives this one, that person has been given the right to be called a child of God. So, hallelujah, we're no longer slaves to sin. Thus, we have a little joy. We're we're no longer slaves to Satan or slaves to our own flesh. We no longer belong to the world system. That's why we sing songs like, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth Receive her king. Joy to the world. That's why we sing, Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. That's why we sing, Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed, he washed my sins away. Come on. Oh, happy day. It's a happy thing. There's joy in the world because Jesus has come. Now we could say, The burden has been lifted. The blinders are off of us. The curse is broken. Satan's handprint is removed from us. And we're released to worship God. And and worship God. I don't know how you grew up. In some families and cultures, worshiping is very uh, dead. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about worshiping God in spirit and truth. I don't know about your spirit. My spirit gets riled up sometimes. And when I hear truth, man, I want to jump out of my skin. I want to get a little emotional. God made us that way. But now we can do that through the blood of Jesus Christ. So John says, these things we've written to you, in verse 4, that that your joy might be full. In 1 John 5, 13, you could go there if you want. He says, these things are written to you that you know that you have eternal life and that you'll continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. These things are written for that reason. In John's gospel, in John 20, 31, John says this, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Life in his name. Life in his name. Life in his name equates to joy and peace and some type of contentment and peace of mind and spirit. So I would encourage you, church, to know the word of God. Three times John says, these things are written. These things are written. So let me tell you some of the things that are written in the word of God. You probably know this, but the word of God tells me and tells you that I'm a new creation. Just like the brother from Teen Challenge said a few weeks ago, we're not the old one redone. We're not refurbished. We're brand spanking new. We have a new heart and a new spirit. When we accepted Christ, it wasn't the old man getting fixed up. It was the old man dying and the new man coming. It says that I am reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. It says that I'm a child of God. No, No longer a child of Satan. No longer a child of the flesh. I remember some years ago I read a really good book written by one of Charles Manson's girls, if you know the story. One of his girls who was serving a life sentence, she's deceased now, but she accepted Jesus in prison. 
Her name was Susan Atkins. She wrote a book called Child of Satan, Child of God. And she described what each life was like. And praise God, she accepted Jesus. But the scripture says, I'm a child of God. The scripture says in Romans 6, 6, I, we are no longer slaves of sin. So no longer can we say, I can't help it. You know, we, we can't help it. We're no longer slaves. We're no longer like in that without help. We're, we've been freed from that. Colossians 3.13 says, we are forgiven. Oh, we would do well to apply that to our lives. You know, we forgive everybody else. We can't forgive ourselves for what we've done. It says that we've been washed and justified and sanctified. The Word of God says that we're joint heirs with Christ. It says that we're chosen, we're loved, we're gifted, we're destined for glory, we're transformed, we're at peace with God. The Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when we read John 1, 1 John 4, that these things are written, that your joy might be full, when you understand the bigger picture, it makes sense. Yeah, these things are available and attainable, not by what we did, but by what He did for us. So we need to run to God and apply these truths to our lives and let the joy of the Lord truly be our strength. And let me, let me say something else before I go on to number two. This is not only true for America. Everyone thinks, oh, I want to get to America, the land of glory. Hallelujah. America is a great place. But it's also true in Canada. It's also true in Mexico. It's also true in Latin America and South America. It's also true in Europe, in Asia, in Middle East, in Far East, in Africa. This is the word of God. It's true anywhere. So no matter what your circumstances are, and not, no one is saying life is perfect. We're just saying that as you go through life with all its challenges and all its stuff, undergirding that life is the joy of the Lord. Because we know where we're going. We know where we end up. And we know who's going to help us through every obstacle that comes our way. Second point is this, is that this joy, there's no other means to get it other than through the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that could give it to us. There's no pill you could take. There's no drug you could take. There's no alcoholic beverage you would drink. There's no trip you could go on, no vacation that you could take to get it. There's no book you could read. There's no speaker to hear. There's no course to take. There's no relation that you could have with your spouse or with the old flame or the new flame or with your parents or your kids or whatever. No one can give you this joy. It only comes through Jesus. It's the only way. And most of us have tried every other way to get it, and it doesn't work. So we we read verses 1, 2, and 3 in 1 John 1. We realize that which is from the beginning, the eternal God manifested in Jesus Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. John heard him and saw him and gazed upon him and handled him and declares him to those people and declares him to us through the Scriptures... He's bearing witness that this is all true so that we have fellowship with one another and fellowship with our Father and the Son that our joy would be made full. This joy is available only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Thessalonians knew it. Paul writes there that uh, you receive the word, you receive Jesus in the midst of much affliction and joy of the Holy Spirit. They knew the source. How could you have affliction and joy at the same time? Only through God. How could you have sorrow and pain and an underlying joy at the same time? Only through God. But the Thessalonians knew they, had, they were afflicted in their environment, yet they had an undergirding joy in their heart only through Jesus Christ. Peter knew the source in 1 Peter 1. He's writing to the churches. He said, believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. It's believing you rejoice. Just in simply believing in God, there's a joy in your heart. And Peter also says right before that verse, he says, however, uh, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. Knowing that your trials will get you ready for the revelation of Jesus when he comes. But in spite of the, the grieving and the trials, you're believing you have an undergirding, an underlying joy that's going to see you through. That is the gospel. 
The Galatians knew it when Paul wrote to them. He said, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what comes out of your life? You're a Christian. What what you produce, what, what comes out of you, what your legacy is. First of all, it's love, or naturally, that's the earmark of Jesus. The second one is joy. Love and joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, we read in the, in the Word, Jesus said things like, Come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden. I'll give you, I'll give you rest. Peter said it like this, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Paul said, may the God of all comfort comfort us in all of our tribulations. It's always about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. You can, get, you can talk about many different things or many different experiences or whatever, but it all, always comes down to Jesus. It always comes down to who do you believe Jesus is? Who is Jesus in your life? Oh, he's my Savior. Well, let me, let me ruffle a few feathers here. Is he your Lord? Oh, I want Jesus to save me. But is he your Lord? Is he the master? We used to say that all the time back in the day. Accept Jesus as your Savior, Lord, and master. The master of your life. Don't hear that too much anymore. Because everyone wants to be the master of their own life, but they'll have Jesus on the side as their Savior. But no, no, no. What Jesus wants, he wants to be the master of your life. It's only when we get in that place of total surrender... Can the joy of the Lord come up? So Jesus is the first and the last. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He always was and always will be. He's the Almighty Servant King. He's the Lamb that was slain for sinners. And He's the soon coming Lamb from the tribe of Judah coming to execute justice. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And you could, you could go, you could do anything you want to do. It always comes down to who is Jesus in your life. You may know him, you may know of him, but until he's your Lord and your master and the savior of your life, you'll never get that joy, not like this. It's a total surrender. Acts chapter 4 says that this Jesus, this is the stone that the builders rejected. You know, the Jewish people rejected the stone. But he's become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven by, given by which man must be saved. It's only through Jesus. Amen. And he is, as we say, he's a jealous God. He wants all of us. But if you want that joy... You've got to get it right with Jesus. The third thing is this. As as we think about the joy, some of it is contingent upon how we live and what we do. Verses 3 and 4, I think, really give an insight into the Father's heart. That ultimately, He wants to have fellowship with us, and He wants to give us joy. That's his heart. But until we're ready to give it all up for him, he kind of holds back on that. He waits. The Father waits. And we see that in many places in the Bible. Last week I shared about the prodigal son's father, which is worth repeating. But here, here you have this young guy that went out and blew all the money, and it got all messed up, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, working in the pig pen and wasting all his money, wasting his life away. And, and it says in Luke 15 that the father saw him from far away. And I have to say, why, what's the father looking? Why is he looking then? There was no indication the kid was coming. But can you picture the father? He's just maybe praying, hoping, he's looking, maybe today. How many days did he do that? But one day, he sees the son far away. And the father is like, he begins to rejoice. He's so excited, he runs out there to meet the boy. And hugs him and kisses him and throws a party and all those good things. And so our father has all these gifts for us. And he's waiting for us to make it right. And he, he wants us to make it right. 
How, how, what are we, so when we're not seeking him, again, I'm not getting into a church thing, but I'll say it. If we're not going to church, going somewhere to seek God, oh, you could do it in your bedroom if you want to, but I don't know, I mean, fellowship, I don't know, I don't know about that. How long will that last? Might be good for a little while, I guess. But you read the Bible, you read the biblical definition of the church is people getting together, like, like here or under a tree or somewhere, is people. How are you going to seek after God if there's no godly people in your life? Well, you, yeah, you could, but how long will that last? That's not the design. We don't pray, don't worship, don't associate with other believers, don't go to church, don't go to the live streams. Don't get involved in Bible study. And we, we miss all the special activities. And yeah, we suffer. We, we, we feel that. We, we suffer from all that. But it, our Father is grieving. If we could just take the attention off of us and look at Him, He's waiting for something to happen. And He's waiting and He's waiting. 1 John 2, I think, gives us a little bit of insight. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I think sometimes the Father sees us and he sees that we love the world more than we love him. Oh, we're Christians. We go to church. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're on the list. But our love is for the things of the world. And the Father knows that. And the next verse, it says, All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, all the immorality everywhere. Oh, my goodness. It's everywhere. Immorality is everywhere. The lust of the eyes, coveting, bigger, better, more expensive, whatever. I want this, I want that. The pride of life, the pride of life that says, I don't need God. I have enough of God. I don't need all those people. They're a little wacky anyway. I don't need to go to church. I can, I can ride around in my car and, you know, have fellowship with God as I smoke my cigarette or whatever. That's pride. It's all pride. But all those things will keep us from the fellowship with the Father. So John is saying, look, we're declaring to you, we've seen Jesus. We heard him, saw him, gazed upon him. We even touched him. We know he's real. He was manifested. We're declaring him to you. And we bear witness. This is absolutely 100% true. We declare him to you so that you could have fellowship with us. And we all could have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And in that setting... There is joy unmistakable. So that prodigal son, one day he has the aha moment when he says to himself, of course a paraphrase, what am I doing in the pig pen? What in the world am I doing in this pig pen? I could go home to my father's house and be a servant and be better off than than over here in this pig pen. So he gets up and he comes home. Not knowing what to expect. He might have been expecting punishment. Or ridicule or whatever. The father hugged him and kissed him and gave him presents and threw a party. I I think that's a beautiful picture. The father's waiting for us to come back or to come to him, come back to him. 1 John 1 9, one of my favorite go to verses. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It's not just forgiveness, it's cleansing. Come on. We like the forgiveness, but, but then we have the guilt. He takes away the whole thing. If we're sincere, we, we lay it out. He, he's faithful to do it. And so the joy of belonging, it's all, it's all there for us. Do you have it, church? Do you want it? Do you know someone who needs it? If you know someone who needs it, I would say to you, you know what? Share your joy with somebody else. Just let someone know what's going on in your spirit. No, you don't have to be preaching to them. Just let them know the joy of the Lord is your strength. No, everything's not perfect. No, you got this problem, this problem, this problem. You got to deal with this, that, and the other thing. But underneath that, there's a joy and a confidence that my God is able. You know why I know my God is able? I could give you my history. I could go back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. My God has been. Yeah. You think, you think life has been a bowl of cherries forever? No, it's all, everyone has a difficult time. But those victories, those opportunities that God, that we allow God to move, they build our faith. 
They build our confidence. If he did it then, he's going to do it now. He did it before, he's going to do it now. Absolutely. He'll do it until we meet him face to face. Hallelujah. Well, I want, to, I want to show a song, share a song, and then we're going to wrap this up. But I was looking for a, a nice song to play. And I found this song called The Joy of the Lord. It's by a group called Rand Collective. It's a joyful, wonderful song. I want to give you the background of the song before you, you could watch it and maybe hopefully sing along with it. The background of the song was very interesting. The band has many people in it. You'll see it in a minute. But a couple in the band were going to have a baby. And the woman had a miscarriage. And she went through a season of sadness and questioning and all those things. But as she and her husband were in the valley, they chose joy. They chose faith. They chose to give it up, to trust God. They're little babies with the Lord, so that's not bad. Hallelujah. One day there will be a reunion. But, you know, they're sad because their hopes. But they decided to give it all to the Lord. And the Lord gave them a song out of that experience. So this is the song. Oh, for those on live stream, sorry we can't show it live. We'll put the, we'll put the website down for you. Am I reading the room right? Is there a little bit of joy in this place this morning? (laughs) We're leaning in on the promise this morning that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So let's be strong this morning. Let's raise up a song. Come on. Yeah. Joy! 
the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. remain standing. So this joy, this joy that comes with believing is available and attainable. It only comes through Jesus. And the Father is waiting. Let's not keep him waiting too long. Can we read the verses, uh, verses 3 and 4 together? That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed for just a moment. Every head bowed. This has been a great day in God's house, let me tell you. Man, my spirit is rejoicing. Talk about joy. I got joy down to my toes right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if there's someone here that that just simply needs to make peace with God. You've been drifting. You've been away from God. Maybe you never came to God in the first place, but now you just feel, I, I have to get this right with God. I can't go any further until I just acknowledge my need of Jesus. I just want to acknowledge my need for Jesus. Anyone like that today? Raise your hand nice and loud, nice and high if that's you. I need Jesus today. I need Jesus today. Hallelujah. All right. I see a couple of little hands, praise the Lord. I see some other hands back there. Very good. Praise God. Father, Lord, we all in one spirit now come before you. And we, we say to you, Lord, I know we know. We know we're not right. We're, we're sinners. We're stained, but Lord, thank you that you've taken that curse off of us. Hallelujah. Thank you that you've become sin for us. You took the punishment for us. And now the curse is lifted. We have access. And Lord, right now we boldly, as your word says, we boldly come to that throne of grace asking for help in our time of need. Lord Jesus, come into our lives. We believe in you. We believe in the crucified, deceased Jesus. As much as the resurrected, alive Jesus and the ascended Jesus getting ready to come back again. Lord Jesus, we confess our sins. Forgive us our sins. Come into our lives and establish your kingdom, which you paid with blood for. Put your kingdom in our heart that we may live for you for the rest of our days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's some here today... That you could sing that song, the joy of the Lord is my strength, but, but sometimes you wonder because the darkness of night, the loneliness, the fears, the questions lurk in your mind and in your spirit. You want it to be your strength, but your own worry takes over. I, I want to encourage you, if that's the case, you got to feed your spirit man more you got to feed your spirit man so much that anything that's not of God leaves. And you're filled with the spirit of God. But if anyone, there's anyone here today that needs prayer, that the joy of the Lord will truly be my strength. Anyone like that? Yeah. It's a great concept, granted. 
But we're talking about we want the reality to happen, that the joy of the Lord is really, truly our strength. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you know us. You know our fears. You know everything about us. You know our anxieties. You know what we worry about. You know our weaknesses. But Lord, today we're asking you, Lord God, fill us with your spirit. Baptize us with your Holy Spirit, oh God. Let there be a fresh fire in us so that the joy of the Lord, the undercurrent, the undergirding strength and presence of God will see us through those times in our life when we are worried. Lord, we need you to be the the strength of our heart. We need you to be the strength for everything that we do. So, Lord, we, we ask you, fill us with your presence, that those times of worry and anxiety and those times of being crippled by, by stress will be gone from us. And we would truly walk in the victory that you've given to us. But Lord God, let faith arise. Hallelujah. And thirdly, my last thing is this. Is there anyone here today that wants to be included in a prayer for direction for your life? Just direction. Maybe it's work-related. Maybe it's be a better parent, a better grandparent, maybe for your grandkids or your kids. Just You need direction. And, and, and there's so much um, information coming from the media, from the world, that the voice of God is low, and you want the voice of God to be louder. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see us. You, you see us. You know us. You see the hands. You see the hearts. Lord, we need direction. Lord, your word says uh, this perverse generation, that we are to be lights in the midst of this perverse generation. Lord, there's perversity at every single turn. We can't get away from it. It's everywhere. There's sin. There's opinions. There's ungodliness. There's pride and arrogance. But, Lord, we, we, we need your voice. We need your voice. We need you, Lord. We need you to be louder in our spirit. So we ask you, Lord, help us to put down those other things so that we may hear you. Lord, we sang it earlier when we sang Defender. All we did was be still. All we did is, Lord, your word says, uh, I will fight for you. I will fight for you. Only you be still. Lord, help us to learn that. Help us to learn to... We don't always have to be the one with a, with a voice. Uh, we can sit back and just let you speak to us and just receive what you have. Lord, you know our needs. You know the issues that we're facing even this week. So we pray, Lord, that you would give us the direction and guidance that we need. So, Father... As John wrote this epistle, thank you that we have access to it now. Thank you for the freedom in this country to do what we just did, to get into it and to worship you. We pray for our nation. We pray for our community. We pray for every single Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church in our community to be inspired and encouraged by your Holy Spirit. That the Word of God would transform this community into a community of saints and believers that strive to serve you and strive to do well. In the meantime, Lord, let your church arise. Let your church be light and salt in this area where we live. Let our lives make a difference. So, Lord, as we conclude, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord God, fill us with joy and peace that we would have something to say Give us the wisdom to know when to say it and how to say it. So, Lord, thank you. May your blessing rest upon everyone here, everyone at home, everyone that watches this later in the week. May your blessing rest upon your people. We thank you. We praise you for it now. And the wonderful, glorious, matchless, supernatural, loving, giving name of Jesus Christ. We pray all these things. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well,
I'm going to be available if anyone wants to pray. The altars are open. Um, otherwise, you can make your way out through either door. But God bless you. Have a great day and a great week. And may the joy of the Lord truly be your strength.